Hi family, so glad you could join us. Welcome to our backyard. <laughs> this morning we're going to carry on with our talk about Esther. Esther part two, I call it, a bond slave to love. Um, I, sta I stand in awe of God, you know. He I stand in awe of a God who turns ashes into beauty. He turns our mourning into an oil of joy. He exchanges our spirit of heaviness for the spirit of praise for well they call he calls it a garment of praise of thanks and admiration whose whose kingdom is incredibly amazing because its king is incredibly amazing for a kingdom is only ever as good as its king right and our king the king of kings is very good i stand in awe of this god this god of love and mercy and goodness who thinks it's a good idea to dwell within each one of us, to abide in us, to actually live inside of our very beings. How is it that this can be, him in us, him in me, that the God of the universe, the creator of life and love of you and me, chooses to live in us? It is a wonder, it's a mystery, that only our spirit man will ever understand. Last week we started looking at the book of Esther, chapters 1 and 2, some will be repeated, but with a different perspective. The story of Esther is where the king in the story is a picture of King Jesus and the queen a picture of the bride of Christ. Like we said last week, the, the king has spent six months showing off his kingdom. The wonders, the excellence, the wealth, the truth, the majesty, the riches and his wonderful generosity. It's interesting that the number six represents man. It's like he's saying, hey man, will you look at this? Will you look at the wonder of my kingdom? Will you look at the beauty and majesty, the wealth and riches, the wonder and awe of my kingdom? A kingdom of unfailing love, of new mercy each morning, of goodness that follows you everywhere, a kingdom that fully represents the king full of glory and majesty and generosity and wonder, of love and joy, of rest and peace, of strength and might, of hope and faith, of safety and security, of destiny and delight. Will you take a moment to be in awe, not just of his kingdom, but he whose kingdom it is, the very king himself, who, by the way, is not complete without his queen? Ah, the queen. Queen Vashti. You know, her name means goodness. It means excellent woman. It means best of woman. What an identity. But what has happened to her? What has happened to her identity? Queen Vashti, where is she? Come, come, my queen, he calls to her. But she does not come. She will not come. Is she preoccupied with something else? Is she distracted? Does the king no longer have her full attention? Has she lost her identity? Does she not realize who she is? One with the king for eternity? Has she lost her childlike faith, her childlike wonder, her childlike teachableness? Have they been replaced with familiarity? Has she been there, done that, got the t-shirt? Has her wardrobe changed? Is her robe of righteousness now a filthy rag of self-righteousness? 
her belt of truth replaced with a lie? Was she found in adultery? Was she found sleeping with someone or something else? Perhaps she was sleeping with a lie instead of the truth. Was she found sharing her life with that lie, giving her time, attention and affection to a lie? Was it a lie of guilt and shame that said she was not good enough, which led her to a life trying to make herself good enough? Was it a lie of comparison and competition that said she should be like the other person, and this led to a life of trying to be that other person, trying to walk in their shoes, shoes that did not fit, all they did was give her blisters, shoes that were too hard to wear because they were not her shoes, they were not her. Maybe it was a lie of separation that tells her she is separated from God for something that she has done or didn't do. Whatever it was, it led her to a life of working hard to get into his good books. These lives they have worn her these lies they have worn her out. She is tired and weary. They hurt her, they abused her and accused her, they made her angry. She wanted to blame someone, she became critical and judgmental, her hope was lost, her faith was gone. She lost sight and heart of the truth, her real husband. Of love and joy, of peace and rest, of faith and hope, of safety and security, of acceptance and inclusion, of oneness and union, of beholding and believing, of beauty and honour, of awe and wonder. She is thrown before the Saviour, accused by the accuser, found in adultery, a sleeping with a lie. Stone her, they cry, but they have no power, for they themselves are guilty. They have no authority, for they themselves are not surrendered. Where have your accusers gone? The Saviour asks. I do not know, she says. The Saviour speaks gently, neither do I accuse you. Go and sin no more, sleep no longer with the lie. She gets a second chance. Her second chance is called Esther. Esther, whose name means secret, hidden, star, love goddess. She is the hidden secret star, a goddess of love revealed only by and in her king. The Hebrew meaning of her name is myrtle tree. Myrtle means an evergreen fragrant shrub, shrub associated with watercourses. We are again reminded of Psalm 1. He or she who meditates on the law of love will be like a tree planted by the water, whose leaf will not weather, who will fruit in season, who prospers in everything, my paraphrase. This myrtle is a fitting symbol of the recovery and establishment of God's promises. Esther, her second chance. Oh, how rich and lavish are his mercies. Esther comes as a child, for she is but a teenager. She comes with childlike faith and hope, full of awe and wonder. She is teachable, she is vulnerable, she gladly leaves her old to embrace her new, her ashes for beauty, her mourning for the oil of joy, her spirit of heaviness for the gar garment of praise and adoration, the truth instead of the lie. 
the king of righteousness instead of her own self-righteousness. I consider all of who I was as rubbish that I may know him, this Jesus, this Saviour, this Messiah, the King, Paul says in Philippians. She is fascinated by the kingdom. She is drawn to its wonder, only to find it leads to the King, King Jesus, lover of her soul, for it is in him that she finds the truth, for he is truth. It is in him she finds the way, for he is the way. It is in him she finds life, because he is life. She is captured by him. He has awakened something in her. He has, he has her undivided attention, her unashamed affection. She is enamored by him. Who is this kind and gentle king who longs to share everything? Who is this wise, honest and generous king who longs to give her everything? She is captured by his unlimited, unending, unconditional, overwhelming, over-the-top, unfailing love. She is giddy with love in return. She is undone. For it is receiving such love that she is truly found, where she is truly revealed for who she truly is. For it is in receiving such love that she is truly found, where she is truly revealed for who she truly is. For it is in finding him she finds herself. To the degree that we know him, like really know him, is the degree we know who we really are. But how can she keep the lies out? The lies that come with accusation. How can she keep the thief from stealing her newfound love life? How can she stop the accuser from taking away her hope, her future, her destiny? She discovers the answer in her time of preparation, her only hope. Do not let my attention and my affection wander. Do not let me lose sight of the King. Let him and him alone consume me, fill me and satisfy me. For when she drinks of him, she is satisfied. When she looks to him and him alone, she is safe and secure. She has no lack for he is her shepherd king. That lie that lurks will no longer get a look in, for she is fully focused on the truth, and his name is Jesus. Is this not the six months of beauty treatment, of purification, to soak in this living word, this word called Jesus, separating from what is of soul and what is of spirit, exposing the very thoughts and intentions of the heart, to drink of him, for he is the water of life. To eat of him, for he is the bread of life. To become so kingdom-focused. To seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing, his way of being. Knowing all that you need will be taken care of. She knows she cannot separate the kingdom from the king. For the kingdom always represents the fullness of the king. Let my heart want for nothing but the king. Let my heart want for nothing but Jesus, she cries. In her obsession with the King, in her surrender to Jesus, she's learning to see through his eyes, to see what the Father is doing. She's learning to hear through his ears, to hear what the Father is saying. She is learning that apart from him, she can do nothing. 
She is learning to live from above, not below, as the head and not the tail, ruling and reigning in him, living from him, not for him, living in him, not to him. For she is discovering her oneness with the king, a union that cannot be undone forever and for eternity. Her, for nothing can separate her from the love of God. There is nothing that can separate her from her God, for God is love. She discovers that this beautification period, this discipleship, this apprenticeship, this becoming a bond slave to love, is not about trying to be a better person. Instead, it's realizing and it's discovering that she already is a better person. Instead, she's, she's learning to live in that reality, a reality that can only be found in Jesus. For it is he who reveals the secret hidden star called you. <laughs> It is in him that you find you. Finally, it is Esther's turn to spend a night with the king. It's the tenth month in the seventh year of his reign. I love the meanings of these two numbers. The Hebrew meaning of ten includes divine order, completed cycle, complete congregation, body or kingdom. The pictographic meaning includes worship, power, congregation. The Hebrew meaning of seven includes rest, a cessation from work, wholeness, completeness, being ripe, order, stability and holiness. Esther has completed her 12 months of preparation. She has come into divine order, the king's way of doing and being. She represents the body of Christ and her greatest weapon is worship, for she has learnt that what she beholds is what she becomes. She understands what it is to rest in his completed work in her. She is whole, she is in order, she is stable, she is holy, and all because she is in him. She has soaked in truth, received unfailing, unconditional love, been in awe and wonder of all things him, drinking and eating him. She knows that who he is in her is who he is through her. She has been told by the keeper of woman that she can take anything of her own with her when she goes to the king. But she refuses, for she only wants him. She has no other agenda. She only has eyes for the king. She is more beautiful than beautiful, more fairer than fair, more favoured and more loved above all. She is radiant and full of love. With one glance of her eyes, it says in Song of Solomon's 4.9, she has stolen his heart. He reaches for the crown and declares, you are my queen. <laughs> With one glance of her eyes, she has stolen his heart. He reaches for the crown and declares, You are my queen. So enamored by the king, he is her all, for it is in him she lives, it is in him she breathes, it is in him she has her very being. She is all consumed by him, and in her total surrender, she always finds the extended scepter. 
If you want to know more about that golden scepter, I suggest you read the rest of the book of Esther, for we have only just touched on the beginning. To be honest, I actually don't know how to land this, <laughs> except to say, will you surrender to the process of discipleship, of apprenticeship, of becoming a bond slave of Jesus, of becoming totally his, consumed by his love? The invitation has been given, will you, the queen, come to the king? Are you Queen Vashti? Have you forgotten your true identity, lost sight of the king, got distracted or otherwise preoccupied? Maybe you're believing a lie about who you are, about who he is, without hope, without future, without destiny. You have another chance for his mercies in you every single morning. To be a Queen Esther, who has found her identity in being altogether consumed and surrendered to the unfailing love of God in union with the King. Won't you join me in a prayer of declaration? Father, we thank you that you never change. You're unfailing, you're full of mercy, and you're full of love and kindness. You always know what's best. We choose to take Matthew 6.33 seriously and choose to seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, your way of being, your way of doing, knowing full well we cannot separate the kingdom from you, the king, and that all that stuff we concern ourselves with is taken care of because you are so generous, so kind, so wonderful in all of your ways. So we choose to come at your calling, to come to you, the King, to receive your unconditional and unfailing love, to receive your kindness, your mercy, your joy, your rest, to receive your wisdom and strength, your way of being and doing, to live from our union with you in all you represent in us. Our hearts are filled with a thousand thank yous. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Our hearts are filled with you how can they not be when you and you alone are our focus? Amen.